Welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk, where some of the brightest minds in healthcare help us break down the latest news and developments. I'm your host, Rob Hoyle, joined by my co-host, Chris Kazuski, as always. And today we have Nassau County Executive Laura Curran, and we have Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, along with Northwell Health's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. David Battinelli. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We're so excited the vaccine is out. We're seeing hospitalizations going down. And now the focus is on reopening the economy safely. So uh, if we could start maybe with the county executive, just tell us where we are in reopening Long Island. All right. Uh, First of all, I want to thank Northwell Health for having us here today and for your amazing partnership in helping distribute vaccine. You guys have been fantastic. And I also have to give a huge shout out to your other guests, uh, county executive, of Suffolk, Steve Ballone. He and I have been on the phone talking throughout this entire time. We actually get to see each other once in a while as well. And I I couldn't imagine a better partner. We are one island. We are one region. And it's so important that we all work together for the betterment of our residents. So, you know, I'll just very quickly, you know, 30,000 foot view. At the beginning of this vaccine distribution, it was really an issue of supply and demand. That simple economic idea where there was so much demand and not enough supply. Now we're getting more supply. We've had about 27%, close to 30% of our residents in NASA who have had at least one shot, which is great news, but there are still many, many people who want it. We're still frustrated with the appointments. So whether it's through our Department of Health, whether it's through Northwell or the other hospital systems, and now the pharmacies coming online, we're seeing more vaccine being distributed. Uh, we're gonna be opening up our site at the Coliseum soon, which is very exciting, our fourth distribution site. Uh, This is really our passport back to normal. This is the thing that makes people feel confident about going back to work, about sending their kids to school full time. You know, I just had a breakfast with a bunch of our veterans who are not the youngest people, and they've all been vaccinated and they just feel liberated. They can go out, they can socialize, they can have coffee with their friends, they can hug their grandchildren. This is what it's all about, getting the vaccine, getting it back to normal. Uh, And one more aspect, you know, as we get more supply, we're going to find that people are hesitant. Before hesitancy wasn't such an issue because there were so many people that wanted it. Now we get to address the issue of hesitancy, helping people feel confident in the safety and the effectiveness of this vaccine. So that's gonna really be our our big push going forward. And let me uh, echo what uh, my colleague Laura said. First of all, thank her. Uh, You know, we've just passed a year uh, and I could not uh, have imagined going through this unprecedented uh, pandemic uh, with a, a better person, a better partner than Laura Curran in Nassau County. You know, we were the epicenter of this uh, right from the start. I remember being at Northwell at the beginning of this, and we still, from my perspective, we were not prepared for what was about to hit us, looking back on it uh, now. But uh, Northwell Health has been an indispensable partner to us from the beginning and really grateful that we have this system here uh, because right from the start, uh, you were in the lead. And I, I thank all of you and everyone at the Northwell team, all the healthcare workers for what you've done this past year. And as Laura said, with vaccine distribution, you know, you were there with us as we got our mass vaccination sites up and running. So I would literally say you're there partnering with us, holding our hand in some ways, because uh, you're experts. This is what you do and, and helping get our teams ready to run these mass vaccination sites. And uh, we really appreciate that. And those sites are uh, all uh, uh, cranking out the vaccines now. The supply is increasing, as Laura said, uh, which is great. And uh, the issue really is now, 
as we move forward, we're continuing to deal with uh, issues uh, like supply and, and getting the appointments made, uh, but those are getting better. It is now turning to making sure people are willing to take the vaccine because you know we have about 25% vaccinated, but we know we need 75 to 85% of the public to get to that herd immunity where we can say that we have finally defeated this virus. We can say we're, we've moved past it uh, because we know we'll have a lot to recover from even when we move past it. So really our focus is starting to turn to how do we communicate uh, with the public to make sure they want to take the vaccines. And a big part of that is connecting with validators in the community, whether it's faith leaders or educators or um, you know different role models in the community who can be messengers about the importance of taking the vaccine. Vaccine hesitancy is is obviously a big issue. Um, how how big is that going to play into reopening? Uh, are we going to be able to reopen safely if we continue to see hesitancy? Well, I do think that becomes a real challenge. Um, you know, when we know we need to hit a certain number to get to herd immunity. Now we are moving in a positive direction, as Laura said, on the reopening. Um, we are seeing more businesses opening, we're seeing restrictions getting lifted, and that's all very good news. We know that this has been devastating, uh, not only in terms of, of people's uh, health and lives, but also in our economy, small businesses. It's also been devastating in a lot of different areas of life, people who have struggled with different issues like addiction and food security and mental health. Those are all issues that have been impacted significantly that we're going to be grappling with uh, in the in the coming years. Um, but getting the economy reopened is fully reopened and moving past this is directly linked to vaccines. And we also have the concern, of course, uh, with variants happening and things that could uh, prevent us from from moving past the virus. So the priority is, getting the vaccines into as many arms as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and that's why that messaging and, and getting over that hurdle of hesitancy is so important. Yeah, Dr. Battinelli, um, as a, for, for the chief medical officer of Northwell Health, how important it is, is it for you and the health system to be working with government leaders to get more people vaccinated? Yeah, it's critical, and, and we're obviously very, very grateful to the leadership of our public health officials. This is a, a public health crisis, really, and and the real key is getting the economy going, but protecting the health of the public um, and getting this open safely. So, well, I completely agree that uh, you know we are in a race to get our vaccines out as quickly as possible to get ahead of some of the variants and other things. I, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we will open, but we will open safely. And that doesn't mean just getting vaccinated. You know, the, the, the masking to some degree and, and all the public health measures that were put into place, those have to continue. Um, mandates and other things, you know, aside. But I think one of the lessons from this is actually when we look at our data on the flu. So um, there is no flu. Um, in essence, we actually have had only 1,000 documented flu cases in the United States, the entire country. And yeah, where to go? Uh, it didn't come. These public health measures, um, masking, et cetera, simply not going to work if you were sick, has controlled this. So that same thing is going to have to happen even post-vaccine. 
because, you know, without going on too long, the, the key word in here is pandemic. This isn't just Nassau and Suffolk County. This is the entire planet. And so the vaccine rollout has to be, you know, once air travel starts, other things happen. You just have to be cautious that, you know, we're going to be in this for the quotes long haul, but we can open the economy safely. Yeah. And, so, uh, Dr. Bucknelly, I just have a quick follow up question for you, if you don't mind. So it's a thousand cases in the United States so far. How many would that would there have been in a normal year? Hundreds of thousands and, wow. you know, upwards of, of 30,000 deaths a year. Wow, thirty thousand deaths, and we've had a thousand cases. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. shows how how well the the masks work and and the steps that everybody's been taking to um to be safe. And Steve Ballone, there's some big venues on Long Island, and we're all hoping that that Jones Beach opens up, and we're all hoping to see a Ducks game this year. Will people, even though they're vaccinated, be required to wear masks and social distance at those events? No, I think it is important to. Uh, you know, continue with the um, uh, protective measures um, until we get to that point where we can declare that the virus is behind us. So, for instance, uh, at Duck Stadium, that's an open uh, uh, air uh, stadium. It is when you put the measures in place to protect others, even if you've been vaccinated um, and you're wearing masks and there's social distancing there, that is a completely safe environment. And we haven't been able to, to yet get um, the uh, stadium open yet, or at least to have that announced. Uh, and and to me, that's a no-brainer. If, if you've got an open-air event, um, if you've got uh, people wearing masks and you're socially distanced, if you reduce the uh, the number of people, the capacity uh, by a certain extent. There's no reason. We did this at beaches last year. We did not see transmission. People were in their own groups when they were uh, walking around. Yes, they had a mask on. And I do think, obviously, things change with the data and the science. Um, and and as we, we get to herd immunity, this may be a different thing. But uh, but for now, I, I, I do think it makes sense for us to continue to uh, have those uh, protective measures in place. So last year, uh, we took a phased approach to reopening. Are we going to take a similar approach to reopening in 2021? You know, it appears that the state is making decisions uh, not in that same phased approach that we saw this summer, but we'll get an announcement. You know, okay, restaurants on Long Island, or I think it's anywhere but New York City, 75% starting on Friday, which is great news for our businesses because we've seen that, you know, like, um, like Steve was saying about uh, vectors of, of transmission. We're really not seeing that happening in restaurants. We're not seeing it happening within school buildings, places where they're taking those measures. We're not really seeing, according to our contact tracers, a lot of transmission happening in those places. So, you know, our restaurant owners, just for one example, have proven that they can reopen safely. So I think they can be trusted with increased capacity. I would actually like them to be able to be open for a little bit longer so they can make sure that they're making money and keeping their employees paid and of course you know serving what the community wants not and and i mean that literally and figuratively examining the data which uh, northwell obviously is uh in the lead on that and was very helpful working with us with the state system on the technology and the data we need to continue to be driven by the data so as we do see things open up um if we continue to follow the guidance mask wearing social distance and things are going well 
then you can make additional adjustments, but you also need to be prepared to uh, put things back in place. That's why, to me, mask wearing, social distancing, those things need to stay in place because the most important thing is that we're able to reopen the economy and we're able to keep things open and we don't have issues there because um, that's going to be the key to our um, recovery in the quickest way possible. But I was just in a conversation right before this podcast with Dr. Larry Eisenstein, our health commissioner here at the county, and he is optimistic that pretty much anyone who wants a vaccine will be able to get it by Memorial Day. And he's, he's a very cautious person. He's an epidemiologist. That's what he does for a living. And that's what, how, what his training was. So um, his optimism makes me very optimistic that if he's saying this, I'm thinking we're on a very good track for something kind of normal this summer. Dr. Battinelli, what do we think? We could get everybody vaccinated by Memorial Day? I always agree with Larry on, on those things. Now, Larry's a great guy. Um, so, yeah, but uh, you just have to remember, if you're vaccinated by Memorial Day, then you're really looking at about a four to six week period of time before you've got uh, uh, the full effect. So um, I think, you know, some of these earlier events might be pushing it a little bit. But um, I do think that uh, we will have most people vaccinated by, let's say, July 4th for sure. Um, and then I think we're going to see a pretty decent summer. I, the main issue I'm thinking about is making sure people um, remain empathetic and supportive to the people who uh, are experiencing issues around hesitancy. They'll eventually come around to the majority of people. I, I think we'll see some mandates in terms of vaccines once we get the data. As Mr. Ballon said, it's all about the data. You know, whether it's perfectly structured like it was before, it's still structured to some degree and phased, meaning that we're watching the data as it opens and opens and we'll react the data and the data is much more well supported now that we have much more massive testing. Um, the other thing I'm concerned about is just making sure people are supportive of people who want to continue to wear masks. So, you know, uh, if somebody says they're vaccinated, I don't, there's no sign on them. You know, if somebody else just wants to wear a mask because it makes them feel a little bit more safe. Don't be offended by it. Well, what you said before, I, th I, th I think, I'm sorry, what you said before, I think is great, you know, information like there was no flu in this country. And so, Common colds. I haven't gotten a common cold. So you know what? When I go to the supermarket, I might just wear a mask just because I don't want to get something else. Plus, I'll be supporting the people maybe who do have that vaccine hesitancy or maybe are afraid or whatever the yeah, reason at is. At least for a while. It's not that hard. I agree with you. I, I, I have a policy of no mask shaming. Right. I think at, at the beginning of the pandemic here in our country, a lot of people looked at the idea of mask wearing as just something that that we don't do here. You know, this is not uh, almost this is not an American thing. And um, I think now you have a lot of people that, uh, first of all, people are comfortable with it. We if, if you would have told me that we would have had all our kids going to school wearing masks uh, a year ago, I would have said, no, that's that's not going to happen here. That's not possible. But uh, they're doing it. The kids have done it. They've done a great job with it. The, there's there hasn't been transmission in in the schools. Mm -hmm. So I think there is, obviously, a lot of people don't want to wear masks. I don't want to wear masks. People don't like it. But there is a recognition that this has been critical to uh, help protect public health, to help save lives, uh, to get our economy back open. And, and there is a certain level of understanding and comfort around it now. And I do expect that there will be people who continue to wear masks, uh, particularly during flu season after this, and that it's not going to be an uncommon thing to see. Yeah, that's actually a good segue into our next segment. We call it Off Your Chest. 
Ms. Curran, I'll start with you. Uh, is there anything you'd like to get get off your chest these days? Um, there's a lot, but I'm not going to share it all <laughs> on this. Uh, but when, you know, when we talk about hesitancy, that is something that concerns me. There's a lot of misinformation out there. I know there's questions about young women who want to become pregnant. Um, you know, everything from that to is there a tracking device that's going to be put into my arm. There's there's a lot out there and it's some, you know, it just catches hold on social media. So we're really committed to getting the right information, the correct information out there in any way that we can and dispelling those myths one by one. And I have spoken to many people who at the beginning said, nope, I'm not taking it. It hasn't been tested enough. Who are now rolling up their sleeves to get it. Yeah, I think that uh, basing this on uh, sound science uh, is is a tough lesson. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people and they tell me, you know, the reason I don't believe the science is because it's always changing. Mm. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's not a good starting point because that is science. So uh, we're yes. in constant pursuit of the truth, and and it will be changing, um, but it will be changing for the better, and so. Uh, not an easy lesson, but, uh, you know, if people can trust the science more as a result of this, and then we've had 50, you know, million people vaccinated in this country without any problems. So uh, I think we're getting there. But uh, as uh, our county officials have said, we have to be empathetic, supportive and patient. Well, that brings us to the end of our show where we like to always end on a positive note. So I'd like to go around the table here and just uh, tell us each one of you what gives you hope and optimism going forward. And we'll start with uh, Steve Ballone. Well, I'm actually very optimistic. A uh, year after this pandemic uh, has started, uh, we obviously now have the, the vaccines. The supply is increasing. Um, spring is here. We know that the outdoors is a much better, much safer uh, environment. Uh, and we also got relief from Washington. We were able to get back uh, some of the tax dollars that we sent, we send to Washington every year that we never see in return. And that money uh, that's coming back here uh, to help our hospitals, but to help small businesses, to help residents who've been impacted by this, and also directly to governments, those resources are now going to help us to recover from this pandemic as quickly as possible. And that's a good thing, not only for us, but for the country as a whole. So I'm very optimistic now as we move into spring. I share, I share Steve's optimism and I have to say how impressed I've been with our businesses, with our schools, with our families and how everybody adapted. Businesses spent thousands of dollars retrofitting, putting in the partitions, the sanitation, the separation. Schools just did that pandemic pivot so beautifully. It's a huge success story that I think is kind of underrated at the moment. And families, you know, working from home, teaching kids from home, you know, not being able to see your grandparents. It's been hard, but people have proven to be very resilient and very strong. And that makes me very optimistic because, you know, crises happen in life. This has been a big crisis, but there will be more. You know, those will happen. The question is, how do you handle it? And I think our residents have handled it really, really well. And I'm very proud of them. Awesome. Dr. Batnelli, what gives you hope? <clears throat> yeah, so one of the things I think that I take away from this is, uh, as has already mentioned, you know, in a crisis, you're trying to figure out what the right lessons are that you learned. And obviously, there's an enormous amount of resilience. But um, we learned that there were a lot of vulnerable populations out there that, uh the crisis highlighted some of those issues, and I'm very proud that uh, many people have now 
taken that up as uh, something that just shouldn't happen again and that we're sort of collectively coming together to support our communities better. So I thank our public officials, healthcare workers, and, and I'm optimistic about that. Awesome. Well, Dr. David Battinelli, thank you so much to the county executives from Suffolk and Nassau, Laura Curran and Steve Ballone. Thank you so much for joining us on 20 Minute Health Talk. And thank you to the listener for tuning in. I'm Rob Hoyle. Have a great week and stay safe. Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.